to the first episode of the Get to Know NHCO podcast. This is Tom Baker, your co-host, along with... I'm Erica Cochran. I'm the Director of Development and Communications here at NHCO. And we are thrilled to be with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is going to be a food-related episode, and we have two incredible experts that are going to be on the show. Lisa Scales will be joining us later, who is the CEO and President of the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Lisa Scales is also the Pittsburgher of the year. So we are thrilled, Erica, to have Lisa Scales on the show. It's going to be great. We are absolutely thrilled and honored as well that she has chosen to join us today. She's our inaugural headliner. It's going to be a big deal. But Erica, before we get to know Kelly Strutt, who's going to be on the show, and also Lisa Scales, tell us a little bit about your background, which actually started with food as it relates to NHCO. Yeah, today's topic is near and dear to my heart. Um, I've been with NHCO for close to six years now, but I did start as the food pantry coordinator. So still very interested in what Kelly Strutt does here at NHCO. I love to see what she's done with the program. Um, So I started as the food pantry coordinator. I did that for about three years. Then I moved over to my development role. So I'm very happy that Kelly is here, and I'm very happy with what she's done with the program. And Erica, as we're recording this, and we're just a few weeks removed from a big success that we just had, and it's so much fun to work on it together, but you were really the MVP as related to our block party to go. I know we're so thankful to the community of how they came together. 165 bags were sold. Hundreds of people engaged in the weekend. So many celebrities were there getting the word out over the weekend. Congratulations on a great block party to go. Thank you. Yeah, uh, this was definitely an interesting year, having to get creative and do something that was safe for the community, but also that kept the community engaged and and helped them give support to NHCO during this really rough time. So we are very pleased with the weekend and so grateful for everyone who helped to make it be a success. And part of the drive-through element of it actually very much modeled after how Kelly and the, the food team has been doing the work of supplying at the food pantries throughout the, the, the whole pandemic. It's been an incredibly inspiring time to be involved with NHGO. It always is, but particularly during this pandemic, you will never see a group of staff, volunteers, board members, just everyone in the community coming together. I know 500 plus more families and clients have gotten involved during the pandemic, which is just inspiring to see how much our organization has stepped up to the plate. Yeah, I mean, COVID has definitely highlighted that aspect of NHCO, but I must say that is always what NHCO has been about. The community, volunteers, donors, staff have always risen to the occasion. They've always stepped up to help the community. COVID just kind of helped to spotlight that for us. And we know we're, we're recording out of the NHCO studios here in Millville. Our team in Millville, Jackie and Melissa, and all the volunteers that they work with, uh, it is tax season as we're recording this. And as you're listening to it, it is tax season. Erica, tell us if you don't mind a little bit about how Jackie and Melissa, the incredible work they're doing with hundreds and hundreds of clients to help them with their taxes. So don't ask me about taxes particularly because you know that that is, I leave that up to the professionals. That's Jackie and Melissa's job. But they do a really good job of partnering with people in the community, other organizations, other nonprofits to make sure that there are tax sites where people could safely get their taxes done this year. Some people chose to do that virtually, which was a great option. Um, Again, we owe it all to the volunteers, our tax prep volunteers who were getting on Zoom calls, getting on the phone, faxing the information back and forth to make sure that everyone's tax returns got done in a timely manner. I can't say enough about how Jackie and Melissa have run this program this year. They've done just incredible. And again, they're, they're meeting with clients in person. It's, it is a hybrid model, but uh, all the bravery and the valor that volunteers have shown over this last year at food pantries, but also through the other 19 programs and services 
that we manage as an organization. Again, we're 40 uh, zip codes, 50 communities, the largest social services organization uh, in Northern Allegheny County. So there's a lot of reasons to get to know NHCO. And with that, we're going to get into our first guest, uh, which is Kelly Strutt. She's the food pantry coordinator. She actually started out as an intern. And Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank How are you? you? I'm great. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be interviewed today. Absolutely great. Well, we're, Eric and I are thrilled to be chatting with you. We get to you know see you every day, see the incredible work that you, our colleagues, and also the volunteers get to do. But let's talk a little bit about your NHGO journey. I know you did start out as an intern. What kind of brought you to NHGO? Yeah, absolutely. So I was an intern when I was a social work student at Pitt. And um, I got to do a little bit of everything while I was here. But I really fell in love with the um, food pantry program and how NHCO really reaches out to the people in the communities and are able to help them in a tangible way. A little while after I started, um, I graduated and I was able to be hired on as the food pantry coordinator. Right. And as, as you were getting started in your career as the food pantry coordinator, no one could have predicted the pandemic, right? Oh, so yes. you get here and then not that long after, you have to change the model of how we do food pantries, right? How would you describe this last year and how you've had to kind of change and adapt and stay just, you know, vibrant in the way that you, that you get food out to all of our clients? Yeah, like you said, it was completely unexpected and we had to come up with a new system really, really quickly because as the pandemic was starting, people were needing more and more help. So we created a low contact model where people either drive through our pantries or they walk up and all of the food is prepackaged. They still are able to be offered some choices. We have a lot of fresh food still available, which I think is really awesome for our families. Um, but we were definitely seeing an increase in families coming to the pantries, and we still are. I think we were able to create a really good system um, to keep everybody safe, including the volunteers and the clients. Kelly, tell us a little bit more about how you use the food pantry as a way to get the word out for other services that NHCO provides. Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of think that the food pantry is sort of a gateway into our services. So people look for that immediate need so that they come and they receive food. But then they realize, okay, well, NHCO maybe could help me with my rent or we could get some um, other programs and services that we manage. I mean, there's so many ways to get involved right with NHCO. Oh, yeah. I mean, we address problems that people may, might not even know they have, right? I think, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, from my experience, what I remember is ha just having a simple conversation with someone about why they're there really kind of just opens that dialogue to talk about what we do and someone can realize, oh, if I got some help with that, that would help me in these other areas of my life. So just making sure that we're having that conversation with the clients that are coming in. Maybe we address a problem that day. Maybe we address a problem a little bit down the line. But that conversation is so important when someone walks through our doors for the first time. Yeah, I think people just like to be heard. Yes, they absolutely. They like to be listened to and they like to be heard. So right. yep. I think NHCO is really good at doing that for our families. We talk sometimes, too, about food insecurity, which is a bigger issue, I think, than, than most folks realize. Tell us a little bit, Kelly, if you don't mind, about some of the experiences you've had working with clients and maybe that sense of security that having food from NHGO and uh, because of our volunteers, because of our partners, enables them to feel. Yeah, um, I can actually think of an example. Um, there was a man that reached out to me uh, maybe about six months ago, and he had lost his job due to COVID. He just wasn't able to work, and he had four kids that he was trying to provide for. A few of them, I believe there was special needs children, and some of them also had dietary restrictions, so it was really, really important that he had quality food for them. Mm -hmm. But with losing his job, unexpectedly, he wasn't able to provide for them. So he reached out to us, and we were able to quickly set him up with a no-contact food pickup, which I believe he continued for a few months as he needed. And we were able to get him produce and bread and meats 
and special gluten-free items for his children, even things like toiletries. We also offer diapers, baby law for those who need it. So I, I, we could just see that he was able to just feel more secure that he could still provide for his kids even this confusing time. Mm-hmm. That, that's great, Kelly. And you, you mentioned some of the other things besides just food that are given out at pantries, which is so important. Where are the, where do the pantries take place? I would assume there's some in Allison Park, Millville, and Avalon, but tell us a little bit more about how often they take place and kind of what the schedule is like. Yeah, so when the pandemic started, we had to change our schedule a little bit because there's a lot more work on the back end. So like you said, we do have the three pantries, Allison Park, Millville, and Avalon. And we were we have the Allison Park pantries on two Tuesdays a month and uh, two Thursdays a month in Avalon and then one Wednesday a month in Millvale. And we did just update our schedule. Right. So we're going to yeah. be going to be holding some more pantries to hopefully make it a little bit more accessible to our families. But yeah, and it takes a ton of volunteers to do this work, right. which is, I mean, that is one of the most important parts of my job is working with the volunteers. They are amazing. I mean, these people are real heroes. I mean, coming back time and time again, through the weather, I mean, through the pandemic, I mean, risking their health. I mean, we were out there in 90 degrees. We were out there in the rain and the snow. And, I mean, they just, the volunteers keep coming back, and you can tell that they're really passionate about the work that we're doing as well. Oh, yeah. The volunteers, they're just such a rewarding part of the whole experience. Yeah. That's great. Well, Kelly, congratulations on all of your fantastic work. Thank you for the way that you've stepped up, certainly during this pandemic, to make such a positive difference in the community. I know we're having Lisa Scales on later, who is the Pittsburgher of the year. But if there's a Northern Allegheny uh, person of the year, it could be you, Kelly Strutt. It, could, it should be. It should be you it for all the amazing be. ways that you've stepped up as our food pantry coordinator over the last year plus. So congratulations to you. And thanks for being our among our first guests here on Get to Know NHCO. Yeah, thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much, Tom. Tom and Erica, and I, it's a really rewarding job to be here. Welcome back to the inaugural episode of the Get to Know NHCO podcast. This is Tom Baker, the executive director, along with Dan Wonders. Dan, you are filling in for Erica Cochran, but you are really the founder of this podcast. It's an honor to have you here to help interview our next guest. Thank you, Tom. It's good to be here. Good, good. Well, um, we are thrilled, beyond thrilled, to have the Pittsburgher of the Year, Pittsburgh Magazine. Uh, She's truly become a national leader and a national figure, uh, even more particularly over this last year. Lisa Scales, the president and CEO of the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me on, Tom, and hi, Dan. <laughs> hi, Lisa. <laughs> That's great. It's great to have you here. And um, we'll just start out a little bit. Let's, if, we, if you don't mind sharing with our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about your professional and civic journey and what led you to this role? I know you've been doing this type of work for a long time, but uh, what, what, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Hard to imagine. I'm coming up on my 25th year being with Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. And when I was a student in college and then in law school, I never imagined that I would be uh, working for a food bank, let alone a nonprofit. So I would say it's a little bit of serendipity that brought me to the food bank. Um, I was on track as a young lawyer to stay in that field for my entire career. And I felt that I needed something that would fuel my passion, that uh, I could just to make a difference in the world. So I met the person who was the fundraiser for the food bank at at an event. And she talked so passionately about the food bank and what the food bank does. And that really stuck with me. I was I was a lawyer then, and I continued to be a lawyer for a couple years. But that really stuck with me. And I started to think about 
how I could make a difference in the world. And uh, when I was looking to change careers and get into nonprofit work, I started with Just Harvest as an interviewer for a childhood hunger study, minimum wage. And uh, the six-month study took a year and a half. I then was working on a women's leadership project and felt that I finally, finally found my groove until the fundraiser from the food bank called me up and said, I want to buy you lunch. And the rest is history. <laughs> and almost 25 years later, you are the president and CEO. That is, that is an awesome story. And I love your focus on giving back and just making a difference. We all know that it takes great partnerships to really have strong organizations, to have a stronger community. We at NHCO are so proud to be one of your partners. And I know I just heard you give a great speech last week at the African-American Chamber of Commerce Power Breakfast about all the amazing partnerships that you work with through the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, even some new ones that came out as a result of the pandemic. But please tell us about maybe just what you see with the power of partnerships and what we're able to all accomplish together. That's right, Tom. It's so important for us to do our work in partnership. We cannot do it alone. And I'm proud of the fact that partnership is baked into food banking. It's in our DNA. If you think about the roots of food banking and how we started in the late 70s, at the time, food banks only distributed food through community partners. So none of the product, the grocery items or food that went to people in need went directly from the food bank. It was all through community-based organizations, all through our partnerships. And I feel very strongly that partnership is in our DNA as a food bank. And I cannot say enough about the, the network that we have, 600 strong, mm. and we have added to that, that we're up to 600 because in this past year, we added 135 new organizations. And these are not food pantries. They're a new category of partner for us. They're providing other critical services like the Veterans Leadership Program. And early on in the pandemic, they reached out to us. and They said, we're, we have people uh, we're providing services to, but we know they're also in need of food. Could you help us? So we added a number of these partners and they're providing food boxes. So it's not, they're not a full-blown pantry, but they're an important member of our network. And, and we will uh, continue to serve them for many years to come. And then I'd like that just that quickly, that Feeding America network. So we're one of 200 food banks that are members of Feeding America. And that is also an important partnership. They provide food resources, monetary resources, research. This really is a network, not just here in southwestern Pennsylvania, but nationally, that is very much about learning and sharing especially best practices with each other, and we get so much value from our collaboration. Lisa, we're always impressed with the impact that you have uh, on a regional basis. Uh, we have a targeted program through our North Hills communities. And one thing that I often run into, and I bet you do as well, someone comes to me in the transportation office, it doesn't take long to find out that they're struggling with other things, including food. And I, I just wonder if that is an experience that you have as well all across the larger region that you work in. Well, that's right. And we serve 11 counties in southwestern Pennsylvania. The one county in the middle of our service area that's not part of our network is the Westmoreland County Food Bank in Delmont. They're uh, a full member of Feeding America. So they're one of the 200 Feeding America food banks. 
and the whole country is divided up by service area. So wherever you live in the country, there is one of the 200 GE in America food banks that can provide food assistance to you. Thinking through, especially during the pandemic, how critically important it is to meet the needs of people. And, and you're right, when people call us and we established a call center last July, we added two staff to, to handle those phone calls. And we're now up to five staff people handling phone calls for our call center. And frequently when people are calling, they're in need of food assistance, but they have other needs. So in how we responded to the pandemic and what we've learned is that we also, in addition to meeting people's immediate food needs, we also need to do more to shorten the line at our food pantries to reduce the need in the community. And so we added a life stabilization team to our program department and we're connecting with people who provide housing services, jobs and job training opportunities And that is an important part of our work, is not only to meet food needs, but to then truly end hunger. That's great. Great. Lisa, we talked a little bit earlier with uh, Kelly Strutt from our team. I jokingly said to her that if you're Pittsburgher of the Year, she's among the NHCOers of the Year because what she did as our food pantry coordinator was really nothing short of heroic this last year. As you look at over the course of this last year, and I heard you share a little bit about this during the chamber breakfast, but how has the food bank adapted and changed and grown over the last year? I remember you telling the story of you know being on calls, being on meetings, 11 o'clock at night, midnight, just trying to figure out how you were going to get enough food out to everyone. But what are some of the things and some of the ways that you've learned and, and grown and changed over the course of the last year? And I can't say enough about Kelly and how she managed the food pantry there and and the tremendous work of not only her, but the many uh, food pantry coordinators in our region who worked tirelessly to ensure that their neighbors had enough food to eat. You know, in terms of our response to the pandemic, one of the results of that is that it definitely accelerated change and accelerated innovation at the food bank. There are new programs that we started that we would have planned for about a year before we implemented them. And instead, it was five days last March, a year ago, March. So there were a number of new programs and, and new ways of distributing food that we had to very quickly adapt to. And, and that's because practically overnight, we started to get almost 100 people coming to the food bank for food, where pre-pandemic it was 15. Uh, we started to receive hundreds of phone calls a day from people in desperate need of food. Thousands of people viewed our Get Help pages on our website. So the first thing we had to do was shore up our food supply. Uh, We had to make sure we would have enough food to meet this significant increase in need. But then we also had to determine how to safely distribute food. And that was a challenge, not only for our food bank, but for the entire network. And as you're very aware, and Kelly has talked to, there were uh, many changes that had to happen in order for the delivery of food to be safe for people. But what we did very quickly was establish the drive-up distributions. They replaced our produce-to-people distributions. And so we wanted a low-touch way to put food in people's trunks in their cars so they'd be then on their way and and we'd have that safe delivery of food. When I spoke about a new program within five days, that's our doorstep delivery program, our home delivery. We met with the group of partners on a Sunday afternoon in late March. And by the following Friday, we did our first 200 deliveries. And we knew there were many people who weren't able to leave their homes, 
or who are afraid to leave their homes. And, and even today, there are many people who have limited transportation options. So we're continuing that program and we're going to scale it up. Uh, we also worked with a number of partners to offer grab-and-go meals for kids, uh, knowing that kids were not in school, getting those essential school meals. And so we had to determine ways to get food closer to kids and also make it safe for them. So establishing the grab-and-go meal sites. And then finally, still 80% of our food goes out through our network. And again, our pantry uh, network members had to determine new, new and different ways of getting food. And one of those was we were providing the prepacked food boxes uh, for people. Lisa, with all the challenges that you faced and we all face, what are you most proudest of in this very difficult of years? Well, I have to say Pittsburghers being Pittsburghers and, and coming together, and it was really a team effort. The outpouring of generosity has been inspiring to all of us, and that's from elementary school kids putting together meals for their fellow students to corporations, foundations. The elected officials stepped up and provided additional funding. It really, really has been a team effort. I, I can't say enough again about our, our network members. 94% of our food pantries are remained open. And frankly, I didn't expect that. So many of our pantries are run by volunteers who are senior citizens, and I expected a much larger percentage to close, and, and they did not. And then our own staff and their resilience. I mean, we were stretched to the limit at times. It was tough, especially in those first three to four months. But even now, there's still such a high level of need that it's really challenging us as a staff. And I, I can't say enough about how our staff has been resilient and uh, continues to, to serve their neighbors. Thanks, Lisa. And as we look to some sort of normalcy potentially in, in our community, hopefully sometime soon, when you look back at this last year, and, and we as NHGO look back at this last year, there are certainly things we've learned, best practices, ways that we can feed more people, that we can get the word out in a more effective way um, that we didn't know before this year. What have some been some lesson learned and, and maybe some practices that the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank will continue to implement even post-pandemic? Yes, yeah, so with some of those new programs like doorstep delivery, home delivery, we are a different organization coming out of this pandemic than we were pre-pandemic. We're a much more nimble organization, willing to take calculated risks. We're more innovative, more quick to adapt uh, to change. And, and all of that speaks very well uh, because the, the need is so high. We're focused on, on continuing to serve this high level of need. We're frankly operating now as we did a year ago. It's just that it's much more operationalized. It's not quite as chaotic, but there's so many lessons learned throughout this. And it just, you know, keep reflecting on all the people I've met who have been out of work and have been out of work now for, some, for, for a year. And, and how food assistance is a lifeline. And, and I can't tell you, we just got a call from someone who received food in Johnstown a couple of weeks ago, and he thanked us and, and told us what a lifeline this is. You know, it makes all the difference for people. And the more we can do and do together with our network, and, and it just shows the value of, of our partners, such as North Hills Community Outreach, we're better together, that's for sure. Absolutely. And, and I have to say, Lisa, there was a sense of pride when we all saw your picture on Pittsburgh Magazine as the Pittsburgher of the Year. We're not Lisa Scales, but Kelly Strutt does the kind of work that you do, right? A, a lot of us help out at food pantries and are part of this amazing community of helpers. So 
thank, thank you, you for being such a good advocate and embodying all that we try to accomplish in this nonprofit sector, which we, you and I are so lucky to be uh, heads of organizations that make a big difference. And again, I want to thank you for the nice words for Kelly. She very much uh, spoke uh, glowingly about you and about the food bank earlier in the program. So thank you for those incredibly kind words. What are the best ways, and, and I, I know a lot of people are connected to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, but what are the best ways for people to learn? Are there email lists? Are there social media? What, what's the best ways for folks to get connected to you all? Yes, I just want to say it's such an honor to carry out our mission at the Food Bank. Uh, to connect with the Food Bank and either give help or get help, please go to our website at pittsburghfoodbank.org. That's pittsburghfoodbank.org. Great. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dan. I, th I think Lisa did amazing. How did you enjoy the interview with her? Oh, it was great. And, <laughs> and you're someone we all look up to, Lisa. So thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thanks again to Lisa Scales, our inaugural podcast interviewee. She did amazingly. We were so proud to feature here on our first podcast, the Pittsburgher of the Year, Lisa Scales. We had Kelly Strutt as well on the show, who we are so proud of and all the good work that she's done uh, as our food pantry coordinator. That wraps up our first episode of Get to Know NHCO. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard or have some feedback, please email us at podcast at nhco.org. Our website is simply www.nhco.org. I want to thank my two co-hosts for this podcast today, Dan Wonders and also Erica Cochran. Uh, many thanks to Jeff Geisler, who's our executive editor and producer of the podcast, and also our intern who's here with us, Draven Marino. We're recording in the studios here in Millville, and uh, we'll hope to see you next time on Get to Know NHCO when we feature Catherine Kellerman, the CEO of the Port Authority, and actually you, Dan Wonders, you're going to be on episode two uh, to talk about your work with transportation uh, assistance. So again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Get to Know NHCO. Yeah.